and that person like with a straight face like told me that she didn't believe that Sal Manila existed. Uh, and she did this after I like freaked out because she dropped barbecue chicken into like, you know, into whatever vessel it was being cooked in. And then like, I watched her like lick her fingers and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's terrifying. So yeah. Oof. Anyways. Uh, so I don't yeah. want to know if there's like, if there's pizza bacteria that I shouldn't be eating a day later. You'd rather mm. you'd rather not know. Yeah, I just don't want to know. I want to live my my life in ignorance, much like my ex girlfriend from from college. Uh, wow, she'll be she's, she'll she, be she's, she will be the one to write in to the podcast with the oh most uh, with the most informative uh, advice on how to handle this situation. Because uh, I I don't know. I I mean hope- I mean that sounds like a. Uh, that, I mean, obviously that's wrong. Salmonella is real. It's wrong. It does it's exist. real. Very I don't real. even understand why we're even like discussing this as though it's an optional concept. Uh, yeah. But it is, it is sometimes good to have an outside perspective. I do remember one of mm-hmm. our mutual friends. Um, I won't get all the way into it, <laughs> but I'll just, I'll just leave it at uh, one of our mutual friends, girlfriends arrived the next morning and then said to us all as a group, like, well, did you all take the necessary precautions, you know, for someone who may very well have a concussion. And we looked at each other with blank stares and, uh, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's good to have sometimes some of that outside input coming in to help write our course. When she said necessary precautions, she didn't mean repeatedly pummeling his head with pillows as he laid dazed and moaning on the couch immediately after getting that concussion. Is that that's not the proper concussion? As well as like you know, letting him go to sleep, and you know, and I mean, there's like I, I well, yeah, I we not, weren't letting do, him go to not sleep. Want- I do not want to announce any of this out loud, but there was all sorts of other things that also transpired that I don't think were compatible with like, how do you, you I don't know. I don't know. I think everything probably wasn't concussed anyways, you know? No, 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 no. I can't. I can't imagine the concussions are also like, they're not really like technically proven to be real. Right. Like it's like (laughs) salmonella concussions. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, Kind of like old wives tale sort of thing. Uh, Yes. Scientific gray areas uh, as, as it were. Uh, um, All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears. Let's, let's deliberately steer directly in. Cause I think we've got a lot to discuss. I've probably only got about uh, the next 45 minutes before I have to uh, activate some, some bedtime mode over here. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Uh, So let's do it. Welcome to the F1 Miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I have the most pregnant pause ever. Uh, this is our Formula One podcast. We are a couple of best friends who've loved F1 for oh so long, even when it doesn't love us back. Which, oh, what a complicated 
complicated relationship we have had to endure over the past 72 hours with everyone. Over 20, 2023 uh, in yeah, general. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I would yeah, almost yeah. say a lot of it was compressed into, it was like almost like the weekend as a whole uh, was yeah. almost like a macro view of all of 2023. Uh, because what, what weekend are we talking about? We are talking about the eagerly anticipated Las Vegas Grand Prix and mm-hmm. uh you know those of you who are devoted listeners know that we've been talking about this race ever since it was initially conceived and greenlit and and put mm-hmm. into motion and, and I like think floated out there by Danny Rick way back when yes. just being like wow yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be cool um oh we are the hosts of this podcast we oh, yes. are yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Lapore, creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. So uh, you've been hearing us talk about this Las Vegas Grand Prix for, I don't know, 18 months, 20 yeah. months now at this point. And I, I think, you know, just to look back at our commentary around it, I think we've been both excited, but also incredibly cautious uh, and anticipating epic levels of cringiness uh, yes. to be rolled yes. into it. Um, it feels like, and- a, like a bear. Like we're like in, we've been in a cage with a bear that is just waking up from hibernation mm-hmm. and we know there's no food source around. So we're like, just trying to delicately sneak our way out of this cage with this bear, knowing that if we wake it up, it will devour us as its food source. And that food source was Friday, right? Thursday? No, Thursday. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, like, so we're not the only ones that are approaching it from this perspective. I think there's been a lot of concern about Formula mm-hmm. One getting overly Americanized, overhyped up. Uh, putting too much emphasis on, yes, yeah, putting too much emphasis on, you know, show and spectacle rather than the sport itself. And so I think there's a surprising amount of tension going into this race. There's some foreboding stuff happening with this race. Uh, I don't know if we heard final numbers. I'm sure it'll spill out over the next week or so, but Mm. presumably this race did not sell out. Uh, solely due to like ticket price gouging, like insanely yeah. overly expensive ticket tickets. price gouging, not done by scalpers, not done by yes. resellers or major reselling corporations. This gouging was done by F1 itself. And John, they just announced like last night at like lap 45 or something like that of the Grand Prix that you can now put a deposit down on tickets for next year. So they're saying you are allowed to put a deposit down on a Grand Prix Mm. that hasn't even been like, like completely completed once. Yeah. To, yeah. Like it, like it, I mean, it's been committed to because there's a 10 year contract, but like, Oh boy, that felt gross being like, oh yeah, general admission. You put $200 down on general admission tickets and that's a deposit. Again, John, this is the concept of a deposit and it means that you're not getting your tickets for $200. 
You're not getting your tickets for like two hundred. You're spending two hundred dollars to have the right to the spend. Privilege. Who knows what the price will come in at for next year? Next year. Uh, and it yeah. could go up. It could go down. I, I really don't even know what to yeah. expect. So, and and you know, I I think going into the race, this super black mark of like the ticket mm-hmm. prices tumbling. Careful! I hope a, to, I hope Toto doesn't hear you. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Toto say doesn't. say black eye. Let's we'll we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> um, so. We're going into the race with a lot of tension. I think a lot of people eager to call shenanigans mm-hmm. on Liberty Media, the American owners of Formula One, Formula One on Las Vegas, on everything around this event. Mm-hmm. And again, rightfully uh, so. Rightfully so. Just and righteous, like ire being thrown yeah. at F1 for sure. And th- the weekend officially starts with a opening ceremony Wednesday night where the drivers are introduced after a medley of like 19 musical acts who all performed for like yeah. 90 seconds a piece well, trading off to one another. Um, the opening act, surprisingly, the opening act got like the I, most time, which is – yeah. John, you and I are concert goers. That's not how it, that's not what happens. You don't yes. have the opening act coming out and doing literally three times as many songs as the, yeah. like, the, I mean, the, 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 we were all there for Journey. We were all there for Don't Stop Believing, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. That's <laughs> what we were there for. Uh, we were not there for Jared Leto and his, and his drummer question mark uh who is standing over like an electronic drum pad with one single drumstick just intermittently tapping this like electronic pad while there was a full drum kit sitting directly next to them that they never touched so weird like i don't um, I, I, I don't i just don't even understand act. Like, yes yeah i'm yeah. i'm deeply confused you know i mean like and this could this is probably just entirely on me as a you know a mm. 40 plus year old uh new jersey dad who's like jared leto and his band are a thing what like yeah. i i really i kind of refuse yeah. to believe it um, and so that yeah. was strange. Uh, and, and I'll just throw this out there. Also, if you watch the sky sports broadcast, Jared Leto gave a monologue as a kickoff to the broadcast. Like, you know how they make, they always put together what? a beautifully produced, elegant kind of like hype up trailer right before yeah. the, the default F1 intro plays like sky sports and, and any other sports broadcasting, titan it's what it's actually one of my favorite things i remember even watching basketball games in the 90s Mm -hmm. and these hype up pieces and they'd pull music from some epic movie or whatnot and they would put together something truly beautiful and in the biz john you're shying away from it they are called video packages that they're they're yes they're called packages so if you ever hear someone talk about like an amazing video package that's what we're referring to is this medley montage for the race itself sky it was literally just jared leto delivering a monologue Uh, i forget what it was he's just basically like saying like he's uh uh 
just basically reading the lyrics of some famous song in a dramatic oh. manner. Oh, it's probably Viva Las Vegas. Uh, and he's just, mm, but he's saying yeah. it like staring into the camera with epic cinematography. And that was all it was. There wasn't intercutting of historic footage or anything. It was just Jared Leto. And like, there was like, I don't know, is Jared Leto like, is he a really big deal in Europe or something? Like what? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't get he's it. I, I, wanna, I don't a, even want to, I'm upset that I'm even talking about Jared Leto like, as he's much not as a I am. big deal to anyone or anything. I think people tuning into this. And again, maybe this is us showing our age, but he's like our age. It's not that he's some young kid. Like he's like in his mid thirties, maybe even in his early forties. And it, he's not a, I don't know, other than pl- doing like a bad job as the Joker. Uh, and then also being a, like a notorious prankster on set, uh, Look, we're not going to start. Ta- I'm not going to start talking about his pranks on here because I do yeah. produce this podcast Jesus and I'll Christ. have to bleep most of them. So, like, it's it's that level of just like no one likes Jared. It's just Leto. weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, o- opening ceremony, yeah. whatever. Uh, it was it was weird. It was extreme. I I almost sort of liked it when they got into the driver introductions, and it wasn't like LL Cool J like spouting out like trying to give a description of each driver but it was just calling them out by name but having them like one by one raised up on a on a platform like as far as that goes and i saw a few people online referring to it as like that was incredibly hunger games and like as far as that goes i was like i'm kind of here for that i'm kind of on board with that and this is my this is my position formula one uh very technology centric sport I do think it is appropriate in some venues or in certain scenarios for Formula One to present itself as the future of sporting events and to okay. push some of these things a little bit further or a little more over the top. Because, you know, I mean, again, you know, anything that happens in any major sport today, if you were to look at that. Uh, if you were able to see into the future 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, that's ridiculous that they do this yes. or do that or or whatnot. Yeah. But I think there's a degree to which, you know, that uh, it, I think that could be part of Formula One's aesthetic, which it already is sort of striving to do with their logo and typography and whatnot, which is all a little bit, quote unquote, futuristic, yeah. if you yeah. if you will. Um, Even the graphics so, package of the logo itself when like how it like turns into basically these like like these vortices that are like all so important to the aerodynamics of this sport like there's even that sport that surrounds science and technology like it's yeah yeah yeah. so i I do appreciate that too john i can see that all right so opening ceremony like whatever it's it's a little i i wouldn't argue with anyone who is like that was ridiculously fluffy and oh, that's annoying. Like the fat that needs to get trimmed for this to actually be an engaging Grand Prix for me. And that's the only well, thing I, that went I wrong. I would say that the, processionally. The, the good thing was that it wasn't attached to race day. It wasn't yes. something that like happened yes. right before the formation lap or something like that, right? It was a yeah. disconnected, separate sort of like, and they do at other races and it's never televised. They do these sort of fan zone events and things like that. So mm-hmm. whatever, 
kind of silly. If you want to hate on the Las Vegas Grand Prix, you've got plenty of fodder until you've got way too much fodder. Oh, boy. Practice, which is Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. At this point, the only thing that we've seen is the safety car do laps at midnight the night before at like two in the morning the night before. And uh, what local time was it when practice one began? It was like 10 p.m.? I believe it was 10 or 10.30, one of those two. Uh, I, fi- I think it might have been 10.30 is when it started, when it was supposed to start. Um, and it did start. It started right on time. Kudos to – this is like the thing that like I get on board with Toto is this took so – much logistical planning and making this like making this happen. Uh, It's the week before one of the biggest travel days of the year in this country. So like literally getting things to and from the Grand Prix logistically, like this was part of that, like rollout that Mercedes did talking about the marketing that they had to like start shipping stuff literally by boat like six months ago in order for it to make mm-hmm. it to port of Los Angeles to then be taken over freight, brought to Vegas and all that stuff. So not, I get- not to mention that we're heading into that insane travel week and what yeah. are they doing? They're packing up and they're traveling to go to Abu Dhabi the to other be fully side unpacked. Of the yes. Yeah. And to be fully unpacked midweek this week and ready to race in a completely with, opposite location. With yeah. the additional press and media circus that surrounds the last Grand Prix of the season. Yep. So there's like mm-hmm. so much more that goes into this where I this is something I, I've been meaning to bring up. Uh like we, as if if you're a casual fan of F1, you look at these people as showing up on Friday, ready to race, ready to go. They finish up on Sunday, maybe have like a fun little party, and then they go home. That's not what happens. They arrive at the circuit usually on a Wednesday. So like they put in a full five-day work week, technically a five-day mm-hmm. work week, and then they spend the other days traveling across the globe suffering through like jet lag and everything. So it's like, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, These people work their butts off. They have media days, fan events starting on Wednesdays. Then they have like official F1 press days where you have to, I mean, John, you got to be a small part of this when you were, when you went to Coda that time and met everyone. Like those are all moments leading up to the day before practice. That's not even practice day. Like, And then they have practice day and then they have debriefs. So they are really putting in like a solid five day work week and also doing international travel and also driving these cars and also engineering these cars or fixing these cars. Right. Um, So much happens. So it's just like a lot of credit needs to be given to F1 from race to race, let alone the last race of the season, which has that, on steroids. Uh, so let's just, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what's going into this weekend. So that's the full context of this. Uh, and I mean, well, even, even more and, you know, uh, I want to keep moving cause I'm getting bogged down. Yeah. Here, like, yeah. There's the lot. They yeah, spun yeah. this thing up really quickly. It is a ama- yeah. the permanent in paddock facility and all of this stuff. 
uh, assembled mm-hmm. in a very complicated downtown metro area and whatnot. And it's been yep. done and assembled flawlessly until we have practice one. And seven minutes in, mm-hmm. our poor baby boy, God, Carlos Signs, poor Carlito, he oh hits a, a, a manhole cover effectively. Oh. Technically, he didn't hit the manhole cover. Yes. The manhole cover hit him. Uh, yes. The yeah. downforce that his car creates, which isn't just the car being pressed down, but mm-hmm. the clever genius aerodynamicist set it up, said it's almost as though the ground is sucked upwards towards the car, yeah. which the yeah. ground won't move. So instead, the car's suspension compresses and pulls the car down closer to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it sucked up what was effectively a manhole cover, which yes. immediately completely destroyed his car. Yeah. Underfloor, the the core monocoque, uh, all the aerodynamic elements m- instantly in a moment, millions mm-hmm. of dollars worth of damage could have badly hurt Carlito I mean, himself. Carlos said, and it's been like, it's been kept pretty quiet because of like the implications here, but he was like, Oh, I lost feeling in my back and my legs for like a few seconds afterwards. And it's like, Hey, that we, I mean, we could have watched Carlos signs basically drive over a, we basically watched him drive over a landmine. And thankfully the safety structures were able to like disperse just enough damage so that that manhole cover didn't shoot up and basically like tear his legs in half or yeah didn't didn't put carlos signs in a wheelchair him, yeah know. or put him like it, effectively it would have like went through him like a spit like it would have just shot up yeah. through his back and then out through the top of his helmet like that the manhole cover would have been in his helmet if the car had failed in even a slight bit like in either direction. So a huge calamity. A, a huge calamity, a pretty horrific calamity. Um, mm-hmm. Not the first time something like this no. has happened on a street nope. circuit. We've seen this at uh, several of the other street circuits. We've seen it happen before at Monaco. We've seen it happen at mm-hmm. Baku. This was probably the worst damage yeah. ever received. Um, immediately... Also- they do, you see this at tracks too at bespoke racetracks when sometimes they'll yeah. go over these tracks that have drainage issues there are like grates that like move water from the upper part of the track to the lower part of the track and sluice it underneath the track or like push it sideways and sometimes a car will go over that and tear up like so it's not just street tracks like this is a known thing that can happen so Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to make no, sure. No, we're not- I mean, so this this yeah. is a primary concern that should be factored in. And what does this do? This immediately ends practice mm-hmm. one. The first time that these cars have hit this brand new, eagerly anticipated Vegas track after seven minutes of a 90-minute yep. practice session. The practice session will not be resumed because they're mm-hmm. going to have to take their time to iron out these issues, which they hope they can have done in in advance of practice session two. 
the second and final yeah. chance that day that anyone who has traveled to this this event will be able to see cars on mm-hmm. track that day. That session is delayed by about two hours or so and is yep. not set to begin until two in the morning, two thirty in the morning, local Initially, time. Initially it was two o'clock and then it got pushed back further because the 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 rosin slash concrete composite that they poured in to basically like seal this has happened in Baku. So they literally just used the same thing yeah. that they used in Baku to, to fix this. It wasn't just like quick crete that they dumped in and like crossed their finger. Like it's like a known solution that they knew would be set and ready to go but it just took a little extra time because like you know we're at a different vegas is like at a different um elevation than baku so like the chemical composites are different slightly so it just took a little longer i mean road road work road construction work yeah. anywhere uh yeah. isn't isn't, isn't ideal particularly swift yeah um, yeah yeah uh, and and there yeah. was immediately photos of like you know the traditional american scene of like you know a bunch of construction supervisors standing in a circle watching one mm-hmm. person do the work or whatever all right so uh yeah. they're getting this sorted final practice two is delayed the fans that are there that are eager to make it there. Mm-hmm. Many of the which few, it is the few fans, the few, the few fans that are there in attendance. And it's mm-hmm. worth noting that the fans that are there, some, my understanding is that some or many of them were only there to attend practice because those were the least yeah. price yeah. gouged tickets. Practice yep. is always quiet at any formula one race and uh, especially at a race that is going to be attended by like a lot of elite folks and whatnot. Many of them just show up two hours before race. They don't even appear at qualifying or whatnot, Mm -hmm. just show up late, uh, you know, to catch the race itself. And, and then they're, and then they're out. And some of the people that are, you know, don't have the crazy ticket money to throw around, but want to be a part of this exciting and historic event have said, well, you know what? I'm going to get a ticket for practice. So at least I could say that I was there. I can be a part yeah. of it. And uh, my understanding is after waiting patiently for yep. this delayed practice session to begin, um, 15 minutes before it's due to start, 30 minutes before it's due 30, to start. At one thirty, they, they. one thirty in the morning. They barely make an announcement. Um, they don't they literally don't make an announcement to the fans that are there they put out a statement and then send out Las Vegas Sheriff's Department to clear the stands because the session's going to run right up to the point where they're going to need to reopen these roads cuz Las Vegas is a working yep. operating city especially it it literally exists because of the existence of service industry workers. And they're the ones who need those roads. Like they're the ones who need to get to the casinos, to get to the shift changes, to go to the restaurants, to go to the hotels in order to relieve the night workers who have been trapped there all night or not trapped there, but have been working all night. So they need to like clear these roads and there's no way that they're going to be able to, Get all these people who are in these stands. Theory, I'm going to put that all these people in these stands. Uh, it's mostly VIP people. Uh, and then like 
like John said, people who are like, oh, I'm just trying to get like the best view because it's the only day I'm going to get to watch cars reasonably because yeah. uh, I don't have 600 to drop. But they aren't going to be able to get them out before they reopen the roads. So 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 everybody's kicked out and they're told yep. you got to go home. And all yep. you got to see today was seven minutes of cars running around this course. Many cars you know, just doing this installation yeah. laps, like not even yeah. fully. Yeah. So total disaster. The practice session is run. Mm-hmm. It, it happens so that the drivers can, you know, make use of it. But for the fans, total travesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is at this point, Formula One has like given all of those fans like a $200 gift card yep. to use for yep. Formula One merchandise. Uh, uh, no, no, John. Not- no, no, no. It's not even Formula One merchandise. It is Las Vegas Grand Prix merchandise. So they oh. can go... To the so Las they can Vegas. take home something to remember how the sport smited them. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Someone was like, Wonderful. oh, cool. I'll go get two shirts from the F1 Las Vegas Grand Prix store. And they had like a screen cap of uh, a jersey, just like the ugliest looking basketball jersey with like Las Vegas Grand Prix looking stuff on it. And it was like, oh, I'll do two quantity, and each one was a hundred dollars. So it's like, there's my gift card. Is it gets me two jerseys yeah. from the Las Vegas F1 store? Um, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, this so is uh, about the worst start you can possibly have to an event yep. like this. You have a a, pers- uh, a potentially super corny opening ceremony. And then mm-hmm. the moment that the sport is uh, set to begin in earnest, it immediately implodes on itself yep. and shafts a bunch of their fans. Meanwhile, we have uh, some of their know, most uh, dedicated fans, not just some of their some, most dedicated, the, like, some, some of the truest fans. And let's yeah. take a moment to talk about those truest fans through the lens at which Max Verstappen was describing mm-hmm. the entire weekend max verstappen has been moaning all weekend about yep. this event is corny this event is yep. silly i you know think the ceremonies are ridiculous i think all the everything exciting and dramatic around here is 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 too much and during one of the well, press conferences was 99% show 1% racing he he gave a 2 minute monologue in one of the the mm-hmm. press conferences elaborating on this. And he said, yeah, it's 99% show, 1% sporting event. He said, Monaco is like the Champions League. This, Vegas, this is National League, which is which if you're not familiar with yeah. European football, that's like literally saying like that other race, that's the big leagues. This yeah. is minor leagues. This is yeah. a joke. And he was moaning and moaning and moaning on and on about it. And the the part that hit me the worst was that like when you go to, you know, when you go to spa, the people that come out, they're the people that know the most about racing. They're the most serious and yeah. dedicated and truest fans. Yeah. And I expect to hear that kind of commentary from fans from fans who consider themselves purists from you know that sort of folk and i've never across any sort of event whether it's a sporting event 
or uh, a live musical act or whatnot. I've never heard the person who is putting mm -hmm. on the key performance evaluate or judge their audience to say yeah. like, I only want to perform for the people that bought my first album when I was still small. Like I only want to play my sport for the people that played it themselves or know every single rule inside and out. I don't want anyone who's just like casually interested mm -hmm. to attend. Like I've never heard anyone talk like that before. And it's like, it's insane to me. It, like, it's a really bizarre, like, and it's, it sort of speaks to some of, and, and I think you see it in a lot of like Verstappen's intensity. Um, yeah. But there is an almost like very immature component to this that is also like just disconnected from like well that's it's not just like gatekeeping but it's being unaware of like who's paying your paycheck and like at the end of the day like that like senna used to say that mm. you know senna when when senna was asked you know uh what was you know the best parts of his career he would always say well i loved carding and i had yes. this one other opponent that was my best competitor of my entire career. Not, you know, Alain Prost or any of the other contemporary yeah. F1 drivers. It was this guy that when I was karting, he was like in karting to me, it was pure racing. It was the most like stripped down sort of thing. So like to that yeah. end, it's like, well, Max, why don't you go, why don't you go get yourself back into karting and, and you, and people will show up to see you car. People will show up yeah, to yeah. see Verstappen yeah. car. Like people showed up to watch Michael Jordan play baseball, you know, like and, and yeah. celebrated that for him. So, like, you know, why don't you why don't you do that instead? What do you need F1 for then, buddy? Come on. Wow. That's, All right. So I I mean, I I hadn't even considered that angle. I went like I basically was like, oh, this is my perspective he's kind of saying like the the perspective of like the dedicated fan now mm -hmm. i i wouldn't i would like i would probably qualify this whole statement if i was making it because i'd be making it to people not like you who are like no i know this sport too Corey. you don't need to like explain to me what yeah. like is so, like i get why i love this sport like hearing him talk about how he loves the sport for like the true sense of the sport and what is like valuable to him is showing up and experiencing the passion of a real racing driver and like having fans appreciate that. I think that is like, for me, that's the thing that drew me into it. Like, I don't care about the pageantry. I really don't. Um, uh, I, like, it's cool. It's definitely cool, but it's not the thing that like brings me to F1. And he was like, if I want to go out, if I want to get drunk somewhere, if I want to have fun with my friends, I could go to a music festival. I could go and do whatever I want, but like I'm here to race and people who want to see the race should be able to see the race. So I took it from that point of view, not as much of like a gatekeeper, but as someone who is like kind of validating my feelings as a fan going like, Hey, I don't care about the pageantry either, Max. And it's kind of cool to see someone who's getting paid to be there going like, yeah, guys, I get it. This is, this is a bit much. This is a lot actually. Um, 
he was being super immature and super petulant and super sardonic with the way he was like dealing with the media and dealing with the ramp up to this race. Like I didn't like that at all, but it felt like he was just speaking on behalf of like a pure fan, which I do consider myself as a, as a pure fan of the sport. Um, I do love sprint races. I think that there's something to be gained there. Um, so I'm not like a purist, pure fan. Like I'm not like, give me Grand Prix at Spa and that's it. Just run 16 races at Spa and that's all I need for the F1 season. Like that's not what I'm saying. But I do appreciate the fact that you can't drive a car on a street track the same way you drive a car on a bespoke racing track. Um, and So, I mean, yeah. for me and, you know, uh, may I mean, maybe this is even a topic that we just kind of bookmark and come back to in the yeah. off season, yeah, this yeah, sort we'll of like time. purist versus, uh, spectacle, but mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, I think, continue to discuss there. Um, all right. Yeah. So we get through qualifying. I don't even want to dive that deep into qualifying unless there's anything no. that you want to pull out from there. But I think, you know, what what this has yeah. been is a very tumultuous beginning to a surprisingly controversial event, an event that I think when it was first oh. announced, everybody was enthusiastic about. And just in the lead up, it's just been like, oh, is this going to be a disaster or the sport yeah. killing itself? There was there was one thing that happened in qualifying that I think needs to be uh, brought up, which is like the Verstappen not getting oh, an impeding yeah. penalty when he yeah. absolutely dive bombed Esteban Ocon and knocked him out of qualifying. Like, so I did you see the whole footage, the whole rundown of that? I mean, Ocon kind of got a little tangled up with Verstappen, but yeah. then Verstappen yeah. like literally made the intentional choice to go out of his way. To like impede Ocon. He was like, yeah, I yeah. did it. Like another one of those, like, I did it. It's within the regulations. What are you going to do about it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was It was pretty frustrating to see nothing, not even like a like, hey, he's going to be investigated for that. Like it was just a full on like, no one's going to say anything about this. Uh and now I feel like whenever Esteban Ocon talks about his luck, he's talking about Max Verstappen. Cause like, he's like, yeah, I just, I was really yep. unlucky. I was really unlucky. I hit some traffic. I was really unlucky. And I'm like, his publicist was like, Hey, do us a favor. Don't immediately blame Max in any interviews because you're, it's not going to look good. Uh, which really sucks especially retrospectively after the Grand Prix, Esteban Ocon finished fourth. So he got bumped out of qualifying and still made it from 16th to fourth on a track that the Alpine is not supposed to be good at. So like that's that there, that pissed me off. Uh, And now after the race is over, the more I'm like stewing on it, I'm like, what the, that, that is, so unreasonable yeah yeah but that went in with the theme of max kind of catching breaks left and right so we we've got all this stuff swirling around the race yeah crazy controversial crazy messy um a relatively uh, boring qualifying a relatively boring qualifying 
a, a lot of people very well armed, I yes. think, and and people already declaring and like uh, I don't think we even have time to get into uh, the Toto uh, comments <laughs> defending the sport, which you should really look up when you have the chance because it's a it's a beautiful uh, Toto uh, pure emotion from Toto like we haven't seen in a while. Um, yeah. but I'm gonna we, drop we the have... audio in. I'm gonna drop the audio in of yeah, Toto yeah. Uh, of just like it's, it's great. It's so great. It's really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something next level. That is not a black eye. This is nothing. We are Thursday night. We have a free practice session one that we're not doing. They're going to seal the brain drain covers and nobody's going to talk about that tomorrow morning anymore. So let's, did you ask the question? It's completely ridiculous, completely ridiculous. FP1, how can you even dare trying to uh, talk bad about an event that sets the new standards, new standards to everything? And, th and then, you're, then you're speaking about a drain cover that's been undone, that has happened before, that's nothing. It's FP1. Give credit to the people that have set up this Grand Prix, that have, that have made this sport much bigger than it ever was. You can have you ever spoken good about someone and written a good word? You should about all these people that have been out here. Liberty has done an awesome job, and just because in FP1 a drain cover has become undone, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be moaning. The car is broken. That's really a shame. For Carlos, it could have been it could have been dangerous. So between the FA and the track, and everybody needs to analyze how we can make sure that this is not happening again. But talking here about the black eye for the sport on a Thursday evening, nobody watches that in European time anyway. Come on. There's a lot going on. We've got even the world champion being incredibly outspoken about hating yeah. everything yeah. about this. And we get to race day which is you know pretty much the only chance that there is it would seem for what could be derided as a silly spectacle to be yeah redeemed and, Le and Corey, Leclerc, I mean, got Leclerc got pole Leclerc got pole Leclerc got pole so that was uh, a huge thing uh there on the parade lap before the Grand Prix itself uh, Lewis Hamilton's vintage car, whatever he was driving, uh, had like an oil leak and it basically like just coated yep. the, the right hand side of the or the left hand side of the grid in like oil and they had to throw dust down. So it like yep. made Max Verstappen, who was starting second, uh, gave him like a filthy, slippery track to get a start on. So there was a lot. There's a lot leading. I mean, yeah, even even right down to the lights going out and whatnot. Mm -hmm. There's even more sort of like recipe for ultimate Formula One failure. Um, oh, also, Corey, real quick, real quick before we dive into the Grand Prix, if you go back and look at qualifying and free practice, uh, I mean, free practice three and qualifying, you will not see a single shot of the crowd. Because yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there <laughs> were there's no, there's no people there. there. Yeah, nobody so like there. nobody was there for qualifying. Nobody was there for free practice three. It is bizarre. Uh, so yeah, yep. now let's jump into the Grand Prix itself. So which... I, I, I would even go. I would even go to say that mm -hmm. like it. It's almost as though the you know the result of like is the hyper Americanization of Formula One. Mm -hmm. destroying the sport is hinging on this race. Corey, how was the race? 
this race was one of the best races of the season. Maybe one of the best races of the past two seasons. Maybe. I mean, I, it's. De- I would say it's top five it. of the past two seasons. Potentially yeah. the best race of the twenty twenty three season. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm open to to debating that, but like, it was from pretty much from lights out to the end of the race, mm-hmm. nonstop action, enormous yeah. amount of position changes. Uh, yep. We began with the field slightly mixed up. There was only two teams that had both drivers in the top 10 and yep. it was it was uh Ferrari, right? Yep. And yep, Ferrari 1-2. Williams. And it yep. was Williams. Oh, not um, even Ferrari 1-2. It was uh Sorry. It was Who was it? It was just It was just Williams. They were the only ones who had two people in the top 10 in qualifying unbelievable um wow i mean pretty that's crazy (laughs) yeah yeah sixth and seventh uh ended up being uh fifth and sixth on the grid next to each other because of uh signs got a penalty for his car getting land that's right i think it i think it yes it was before sign yeah we didn't even touch on that size signs penalty for hitting the manhole cover and having to rebuild his car is probably one of the single most unjust things that has happened in formula one but rebuilt that car by free practice two so it happened free practice one they had like three and a half hours to rebuild a formula one car including the battery uh, and like the chat wasn't doing it wasn't like doing repairs it was like the monocoque was destroyed like the shell of the vehicle like the the skeletal system of the thing was blown to smithereens absolutely incredible so all right race is packed with action um we had more passing in this race than any other race this season except for zandvoort Mm -hmm. nonstop action the whole way through we have uh Pretty exciting and dramatic stuff happening right from the get-go. The track surface is not well worn yep. in. 64 the degrees. Drivers. That was the starting yep. temperature, the air temperature. And I think the track temp was maybe 65 or 63. Like it wasn't much warmer or colder than the air temp. Uh, so that basically created a situation where Fernando Alonso did this beautiful pirouette. This is absolutely gorgeous. Yes, we had, we had Fernando spinning all by himself, not through contact with anyone else. We had Fernando spin entirely on his own. I mean, yep. that's rare. That's yep. some wild conditions. We had yep. both Max and Charles fighting into the first yeah. corner. Basically, both blow the first yep. corner um, with Max not- using that to his advantage again, in a way which yet is again, not particularly kosher um but 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 legal like he he he's so calculated he knew exactly what he did uh he knew what he was setting up he knows that the tires were not good he knew he blew the apex the only reason why he was like not fully technically behind charles at the apex of turn one is because he didn't try to turn until after the apex. So like uh, this was a situation where he should have given the place back right away. Uh, If not right away on lap two, maybe lap three, because he hadn't built that much of a lead. There was, he was only like 1.8 up on Charles on lap two. So like, 
that that really pissed me off and that kind of like put my like put my haunches up because i was like "Uh uh-oh is this race immediately starting to go max verstappen's way and the answer to that is i couldn't have undersold that more i couldn't have under i couldn't have I, you know what? I would say the the race, I mean, this was part of what made the race a great race was that yeah. it wasn't Max just runs away and disappears. He yeah. got made every this lucky move. Break, did get every lucky he got a, he got He did at least incur a penalty. Five which, second penalty. Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion around the penalty could have or should have been more severe, but whatever it, it was, was, it was what it seconds. was. So it would have been a five second penalty since it happened so early in the race. It wasn't going to be a five second added. It was going to be a five seconds at your first pit stop. You, they have yep. man, mechanics can't touch the car for five full seconds. He still c- gets like a a three second pit stop or even maybe less than that. Um, yeah. Uh, should have been a drive through stop and go. That's what it should have been. That's, yeah um that's fair. It, or 10 seconds not, not five i mean seconds. you know uh listen he might have still even pulled it out you know under those kinds of conditions like Dude, it's the when the, he got the penalty he was like that's fine give them my regards that was the re- yeah. that was his response to his race engineer being like hey max we have a five second penalty he like laughs about it and goes <laughs> that's fine uh, give them my regards saying give them give like give the stewards my regards which yeah, is just give the like, stewards my yeah that's like i'm i'm flipping the bird to the stewards is basically yes, what he was 100 percent. so it's just abs yeah he built up all this capital before the race is like in my eyes i was like all right max is kind of representing the fans a little bit he's kind of like taking one on the chin and being like hey i think the fans deserve more than this and then lap one he immediately like destroys all that good faith that I had in him uh, and goodwill uh, immediately destroys it. And then with his response to the penalty was like, oh yeah, no, this is still Max Verstappen. This is still the same dude who I've like grown to fully hate over the past few seasons. Uh, Before I didn't like him that much. Now I'm like, oh, I don't, I like, I really don't like this guy. Like as a person, he seems like a, like not a not a good per not a person I would choose to spend time with uh if I had the option. Um yeah. Ugh, so gross. Yeah, it's uh yeah. I mean, all right, so we've got a lot of nonstop action through like the entire field as well. Yeah. Like the field from the top of the field to the back of the field. There is always something to watch. There is mm-hmm. always something to follow. Uh, and that kept me really engaged. There was, it did feel like there was a chance, yeah. while somewhat unlikely, that that Charles or maybe even Checo, Checo, yeah, could, who had an amazing could, race, got yeah, super had, lucky with the safety car, uh, yeah. which was brought out after Lando biffed it. Yeah. Oh man, that that was shook. That was rough. That was uh, real rough. Yeah, I mean, he hit the wall so hard and then like spun out into like a runoff area. And I was like, wow, that car looks like wrecked for just hitting that barrier. And then they ran it back and I was like, oh my God, 
the car like did the thing where it like if you've ever been driving a car and lost control of it it's uh it's the the moment where you go like oh i think i'm losing it and then you go mm-hmm. to correct it and then the car becomes settled again so you overcorrect yeah so it's like oh no i'm spinning to the right let me turn my wheel to the left a little bit and then like the car just writes itself so you're in fact turning the car to the left really really hard uh it's the opposite for what lando did but he basically steered into the wall when he corrected at like 170 miles an hour yeah 170 mile per hour like tank slapper which is God. terrifying to see because like basically nobody nobody's gonna be able to catch yeah that. um and so i and i don't know if you saw the footage of him when you know after he came to rest and he's taking the steering wheel off and whatnot and he's trembling his hands are shaking i mean i'm sure oh it's full God. course adrenaline yeah. running through his system but it was that was a rough hit, um, and I haven't heard the the most recent update. I know he he said he was okay, but I know yeah. uh, after being checked out at the medical center, they did send him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so they, I yeah. think they were just taking some extra close looks. Uh, but I hope I hope everything's fine with Lando because that did again that looked like a really really rough hit. Yeah, yeah, which sucks because. The McLarens, even though they weren't, they qualified really poorly. It looked like in race trim they were doing okay, and like I, we were texting back and forth over the course of the Grand Prix. And when Oscar put those mediums on, like I was like, "This is gonna, he's gonna be a problem." And I think if the if if he had put those mediums on three laps earlier, like that dude would have been like much higher in the points. He never would have had that incident with Lewis. And then Lewis's race wouldn't have been ruined for what was that? Like the third time he had his race ruined over the course of the weekend. He had qualifying. Yeah. I mean, a lap one incident. He had really awful Lando's safety car. Yeah. Like it was like, yeah, it was not, it was not, uh, it was a hard fought race for Lewis and he did end up doing rather well. All things considered. Um, Several people did really well, all things considered. Like, Alonzo came back. That astonished me, watching Alonzo come back uh, to actually, like, end up finishing in the points after being spun completely around and getting hit by Botas twice. Um, yeah, like, well, I think it was, I think it was Botas got tapped by somebody else from behind, yeah. and then that, like, yeah, it was a total... Total, total mess. Oh, um, God. But yeah. So, was... all right. The yeah. the final piece of action yeah. to kind of cap off this pretty wild Grand Prix, which there's like, I mean, there's so much more to kind of like touch on and, and you know, so many yeah. more details to kind of soak up and appreciate. But after this thing has been bouncing all over the place, we then are treated to a final lapse of the mm-hmm. race battle for second place yeah. between Charles and Checo. And yeah. incredible. It came all the way down to the final lap. Uh, yeah. Charles holding strong on to second. Checo gets around him, gobbles him up. Like Charles yeah. seems defenseless. And I still don't know quite how he did it, but Charles 
pulled it back right yeah. towards the end of the lap. And it even looked like as they were coming towards the finish line that Checo was trying to yeah. go for it again and line up another sort of photo finish almost exactly like we saw in Brazil. And yeah. I, I almost feel bad for for Checo. This is the second race in a, lo- in a row where he loses uh, second place yeah. on the, you know, at the final moments of the race. But still awesome to see incredible racing and driving from both of them. Yeah, yeah. There were like passes that were happening. I mean, l- there were a couple of passes that happened on like turn one where Lewis was just like, he like surprised people on his recovery mm-hmm. drive and like passed them brilliantly. He ended up passing. Uh, he did like another one of those notorious, like I'll pass two people at once moves where he passed. Like, I think it was Magnuson and Sargent at the same time. Um, yeah, it was Magnuson and Sargent uh, for like P13. So like nothing super impressive, but he still, this was on like lap 34 when he was fighting his way finally back through the field to try and like make up points. Um, we had George Russell and Verstappen tangling uh, where John, you and I like text. It was this amazing moment where it was like, Oh my God, George and Verstappen came together and Verstappen's got like a ton of damage. And we were like, so pumped. I mean, there's nothing that makes me happier than the the thought yeah. of the the George Russell missile taking out yeah. Max Verstappen, and uh, deeply, unfortunately, I mean, again, just like like Max doesn't need lucky breaks. Why does he keep no. getting lucky breaks? No. He gets the safety car to his advantage, and then yep. Russell, the Russell bomb hits him, and it gives him no no serious damage whatsoever. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like beside myself that Max was able to carry on through that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can hear Hamilton in the background. Also yeah, my, furious. My, my cat Hamilton is very upset about for Stappen's luck. Yeah. <laughs> this race as, as he should be. Um, yeah, there was like that happened. Russell gets a penalty for that. Uh, we had Verstappen basically, carving his way back through the field he lucks out with the safety car he lucks out with like getting hit somehow literally he gets hit and it benefited him like not only did it not do damage but it somehow benefited him yeah. uh it, yeah it literally did yeah it's weird uh, and meanwhile while we're like celebrating the fact that like there's been a collision george seems to be okay max is looks looks like he's got enough damage to maybe hinder his race maybe even end it i don't know um uh but turns out it's just like the end plate of the front wing uh george gets a five second penalty while we're both celebrating this oscar and lewis have their coming together and lewis immediately gets a puncture so we're like oh my god verstappen's race is kind of hit no hamilton's race is actually the one that was hindered Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. all right. I mean, despite all of that, I think we're yeah. still treated to a lovely race. To me, super exciting and, and a race full of pure racing action, which is kind yep. of, I think, exactly what the naysayers needed yep. to yep. kind of temper uh, uh, some of that uh, likely deserved hostility coming towards yeah. the race. Um, yeah. After the race, uh, 
I, I kind of really dug the Rolls Royce Phantom cool down room. Oh, like I, I, it, I mean, there's yeah. something also about like, I couldn't believe that they were like, yeah, no, smush the three guys together in the backseat of a car. But like, that's perfect. Like, I would love to see that happen when the guys are ready yeah. to, you know, strangle each other and see, see what happens in those circumstances. Um, well, just thought that was really fun at the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. They yeah, like yeah, transported yeah. the drivers in like police issued golf carts. And like, this is like, but they made her- it into like a mini parade. Like it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was, yeah. And this is also when like the biggest public backlash to like the obvious police brutality that's been taking place uh in the u.s and all around the world but it was like in like at like the the moment that everyone was super aware of that they were like let's put these f1 drivers in the back of golf carts with sirens on them and give them police escorts and it was like "Uh, Mm -hmm. okay okay tone deaf f1 um so the car thing like when they said they were canceling the cool down room i was like oh well i don't know if i like that is like that's like kind of important and then when yeah. it became the cool down car i was like okay i just want this from now on like i don't i don't want them in a cool down room anymore i just want them in the back of a rolls royce phantom maybe a drop top next time though i get i get that like it was kind of tricky because of night conditions but you could do like a full-on drop top rolls royce phantom and have them in the back. I like the, as, I like the claustrophobia. I like it like nobody did, can get out. You're all trapped in here. Yeah, You're all trapped yeah. in a, you know, n- it, next time it should be uh, they jump into like James Cameron's submersible and yes. have to like spend like a day oh together uh, in inside a, a pressurized cabin. Uh, um, I, yeah. I, I thought that was I fun. Um, uh, I, I didn't understand why they had to like take a lap to go stand in front of the Bellagio fountains and whatever, and then come back to the paddock for the actual podium. But like, you know, for the what, hunger what, games what, podium. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was what, I, what, whatever. Uh, what are you, what are you gonna? So my buddy Cola texted me, uh, like throughout the race, like we were, we were texting back and forth too. Uh, she's like a huge Charles fan and was just mm-hmm. like so pumped. Um, the whole weekend, uh, but like also like she was like, I'm so happy I did not get tickets because I would be so mad if I went to Vegas and was involved in that. Um, this is a fiery yeah. Italian broad from Brooklyn. Uh, I cannot imagine she would have enjoyed that in any way, shape or form. Um, uh, so she like texted me and was like, oh, this is what the hell is this? And I was like, oh, it's because the cool down room. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. I'm okay with it because there's no cool down room, um, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I think if, but I also do kind of like just the idea of this being a cool down car. And you're right, John, smush them in, give them like the starry uh, background of like the Rolls Royce right, yeah. limousine style. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I thought that that was very fun. That's the pageantry I'm down for, not the opening ceremony, but this. I'm okay with this. Um, yep. What else from did did anything else pop up uh, after the race? I mean, like we said, there's so much that happened in the race. It's it's worth watching if you're not an F1 fan. It maybe is worth watching. I mean the only the only race. thing worth noting is that 
from that moment forward, Max Verstappen yeah. seemed to really enjoy oh. the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Oh, he was. He seemed yep. like a com- in a completely you know he's singing uh, you know Viva Las Vegas over the the radio to the team. He's yep. you know going on and on. he's wearing a you know an Elvis themed race suit and whatnot. This all coming from the guy who's moaning on and on about what a like. You know what? What a, a, a travesty! Show, not enough. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he seemed he seemed perfectly content with it by the time he had won the Grand yeah. Prix. So that's that's kind of. I mean, he that's, was. That's about all I've got to. Yeah, he was overtaken on track, like in earnest. He was overtaken on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pitting that lap, but like that's like some that's something that like. As like a normal person, you think like, oh, if I'm pulling into a gas station, I'm like preparing to like slow down and just like maybe like stretch my legs and stuff. The pit stops are not like that for F1 drivers and F1 teams. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to get you in and get you out as quickly as is possible. So it's not. And it was also he had a penalty to serve at that point. So it was like he was racing Charles. Like that was yeah. not Charles getting a pass because he was slowing down for pit entry. It was like, no, no, he was fully racing him and Charles overtook him. So he was challenged. This was the most challenged he'd been all year. This is the hardest fought race he had. He didn't build out a 10 second lead even over the course of the Grand Prix. So like, yeah, and he fought his way through the, through the field, had some contact with George Russell. It was great. I thought it was, I thought it was solid. Um, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing what, you know, what comes out from the fans who were there. I want to hear a little more about like, just what was yeah. it like to actually be there in the mix? And I think yeah. maybe again, you know, because we're heading into the off season, I think this, this is one that just in terms of like F1 culture at large deserves a little more unpacking. So I think, yeah, we like get, a, into this a little debrief. bit deeper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a little little post-mortem on on yeah. las vegas as well as the the 2023 season yeah in general large um, um so uh you know i, I mean the, I, the big question to to wrap it up Corey, did formula one stock go up this week i think it went up on some like to the moon like this is some mm-hmm. Because it was such a controversial start and such an amazing payoff, I think it like catapulted it from like, oh, it's like the stock is like rebounding and doing really well to like one of those like, oh, this is this is like almost off the charts as far as like, again, as this is as like a dedicated fan who like loves the sport and loves the technical aspect of it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you really like you set me up to be disappointed a little bit. And then you... You blew my expectations out of the water. Um, there's a lot of yep. like classic American uh, overpromise and underdeliver. Like that was like kind of the the tone of people online. Yes, going into the race, and now it's like I think this is the exact opposite. Actually, is like we overpromised and then like completely overdelivered to the point of where like like we sold it in the room, like. <laughs> Like that's like that's the moment is like the executives bought your idea in the room. They didn't go like, well, we'll get back to you after we'll talk about this. It was, I thought it was great. What what about you, Johnny? Where where do you feel the stock? I, I think it was an emotional roller coaster. It was like the stock was starting to nosedive, and yeah. then it 
rose like a phoenix on on race day, which I think was wonderful. And I'm uh, I'm excited to see where this goes in the future. It makes me think of like when the Austin Grand Prix first happened. Like the guys are wearing ten gallon hats on the podium yep. and whatnot, yep. and then they just sort of settled into like, no, nah, this is like a super serious track and a very legit race, and it's just you know just part of the calendar and i think to see vegas like uh, vegas should always have some spectacle around the sport but when it's not also like doing this like we're the newest biggest thing on the calendar and it just sort of like settles into a certain groove it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time yeah yeah agreed last little thing if you haven't seen laura winter being surprised and spooked and genuinely freaked out on camera like she cannot get away watch the blue man group enter the weekend warm-up uh thing that happens because she can't help herself and the blue man group they're they are silent and they just realize what they're doing to her and make it so much worse for the whole segment it's incredible um all right johnny where can the folks find you out there in the world Oh, you can catch me anytime via my home base of johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? I am also on the internet at coreypwillis.com. You can track me down there. Uh, And then also track us down online at the F1 Files Twitter, the F1 Files TikTok, and the F1 Files pod on Instagram. Uh, You can also catch me at burncoreyburn on all the stuff. And that will do it for us, folks. We're going to catch up with you next week. At Abu Dhabi, baby. Just like Woo. you will catch up with us for the grand finale. I mean, we're going to continue doing episodes, but it's the grand finale of the actual F1 2023 season right here on the F1 Files. Boo! Boo!